Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Happy middle of the week to you. We are glad that you could join us today. Um, we just wrapped up a series on who is Christ, and now we want to turn our attention to something a little more personal when it comes to our identity, uh, actually, in Christ. Um, we're going to title this series, The Christian's Identity, which I think will truly, genuinely play off of some of the issues that we deal with today and this whole issue of identity. Uh, much is made. Um, in our culture of sexual identity, of political identity, identity politics, if you will, and the crosshairs of that, uh, the cultural identity, where you come from. But for the Christian, our identity is so much more than all of these things. And so we really want to talk about our union with Christ, our identity. We're going to be pulling from John 14, 16 through 20. And I believe, personally, this has great implication upon what we are dealing with culturally today. And the Christian cannot look at it the same way. We, we must be captivated by Scripture, as you and I were talking about before we came on to this. Uh, but I think this is something good to talk about um, in regards to what is our identity? What is the Christian's identity? So three things that are going to guide us today. Your identity with Christ is spiritual. Your identity with Christ is vital. And then finally, your identity with Christ is eternal. So jumping in here, Dad, today. We're just going to start off, your identity with Christ is spiritual. What do we mean by that? That word spiritual, I think, is somewhat nebulous now when we think about it. Well, it's spiritual. In a, um, what, how do we say it? It is spiritual in contrast with physical. Right. I mean, obviously, when there are physical things, realities about our lives that we notice if we eat more food, we gain weight. If we eat bad food, we get sick. If we right. don't get rest, we don't have good – you know, those are physical things. There's spiritual health, too. Those things aren't as obvious just on the face of things. And there are spiritual realities, and there is spiritual identity. This identity with Christ is a spiritual matter. Therefore, it's a matter of faith because we believe it based on what Christ has said, what the Word of God says, not based upon some physical reality around us. Yeah, so the opposite really is that of being or having an earthly identity. Now, you can't get away with earthly identities. I mean, we are born in the United States meaning you and me, right. that we are identified as citizens of the United States. That's an earthly identity. So it's not like we're saying none of those things matter. There right. are matters. No, all. It yeah. does matter in those issues. Obey the law within your country, et cetera, et cetera. But what we're seeing in culture is an emphasis upon that which is not spiritual, that which is not genuinely what our identity is. We put it in sexual. Well, if you reduce yourself down to the lowest common denominator, now it's like you don't even have any purpose or meaning. Well, yeah, rather than saying our physical identity, our worldly identity doesn't matter, we're saying that as much or even more so our identity in Christ matters. Yes. And that's so that's the point. And what defines us. Even though it is a spiritual right. matter, in fact, because it's a spiritual matter. Right. Okay, so let's jump into that a little bit. You know, so what we what we're talking about here is really walking by faith. And we're going to see that as we t- we talk about this. But under this idea of identity with Christ is spiritual, 
we have a promise that assures this union. Right. If we and and we didn't say this on the front end, but the place where the jumping off place for this whole concept of our union with Christ, our identity with Christ, who we are in Christ, how that affects us, is in John chapter fourteen. That's sort of the starting place. Now, the writers of the New Testament are going to are going to expand upon the meaning of that, right. because the Gets gospel bigger. is going to sort of explode in front of their faces right. at the death, bone, resurrection of Christ, at the ascension, and then as the Spirit of God moves men of God to write the Scriptures, we're going to see the, the, the implications of this more, and we'll look at that in coming podcasts. But uh, when we say there's a promise that assures us in John chapter 14, verse 16, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. King James says another comforter. It's that word that many who study the scriptures, who've listened to sermons or lessons or read biblical material, know as, uh, as paraclete, um, a word for an advocate in First right. John and so forth. Helper is good because that's exactly what the disciples and what we would need because Christ is not going to be here any longer in bodily in his body right. he was going to be ascended they needed to know that uh, while he wasn't here their their identity with him their union with him was not going to change and so he says i i will pray the father this is interesting this is this collusion between the god the persons of the godhead and he will send another helper we'll talk about who that is in a minute but this is the the promise oh and it's comforting Yes, I mean, they, think about think about the disciples. I, 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 I want to focus on that because these guys have been with Christ for three years, and they have known Him and walked with Him, and they believe Him to be the Son of God, and He's gone. It may be a huge void. Yeah, well, you get the significance of it to the disciples and the apostles when Jesus. Uh, after the the uh, transfiguration starts to tell the apostles and the disciples, now uh, we're going to go to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be arrested, crucified, right. and buried. And the third day he'll rise again. And what does Peter say? Uh, shut up. <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> That's honestly, not no. This. Far, this be far from you, right. Lord. And uh, what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> so, uh, but we see why they would need some sense of comfort. Now, this is actually um, bef- this is actually somewhere around the same time that happened. We don't know the exact um, right. timing, but you'd see why they would need that comfort yeah. that their identity or with why Christ, we need it. For yes, that matter. exactly. Yeah. Their identity with Christ, their union with Christ, is not going to be affected negatively by Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. So, uh, so they get this promise. The other thing they, they find in the promise is the person who affects this identity, this union with Christ. There's a he refers here, and we're going to see the development of what we call pneumatology, which is about the Holy Spirit, and uh, <clears throat> because he says the Spirit of Truth. Okay, who's this person? This, what's this promise about? It's about a person, and he will send another Helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Ah, there's that whole idea of spirituality. You know, the world doesn't believe these things. It doesn't 
think in terms of identity of Christ. First of all, because they have no identity in Christ. So they have to world. come up with their own identity. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And which explains a lot about the multitude of identity mm-hmm. issues we, we hear today. But the world doesn't see the Holy Spirit. This is a spiritual reality. You're going to have to in a manner of speaking, Jesus said, you're going to have to take my word for this. Uh, they don't know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Ah, so here's the person who affects this union, this identity, the Spirit of God. One of the works of the Holy Spirit is to affect this union with Christ, this identity with Christ, this being in Christ. You know, it's interesting, if you look at Western culture, which you and I spent some time as we prepared kind of talking about this, if you look at Western culture, it has very much its roots in Judeo-Christian value system. Yes. And within a, an idea of God and, well, you, and of and Christ. And you can't even study Western civilization right, without t- studying the yeah. history of the church. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, I would say starting my generation and on, that's been done away with. So now you don't have that. Even in some sense of nobility or there's a higher being and we kind of live for that, even though I'm not going to let my life be totally captivated by it. It's still sin, you know, you still have to to realize that as a believer. But what we're seeing is is people are throwing it all out and are going, Okay, I'm gonna come up with my own identity. And and now you're seeing these identities that I mentioned before we came or as we came on. And so for the Christian, we've got to we've got to make sure we are over here. And people can't see my hand moving, but I'm talking about on this side of the spectrum. We can't be on the left side of the spectrum. Right. Because what's happening is is that I think very Subtly sometimes, maybe even overtly, Christians can allow the cultural thinking to affect how we think about our identity. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So That's this the clarifies thing we have to fight that. against. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 We have to know that we have a promise and we have a person. And that is very spiritual to us, and we can embrace that and live within that reality. Which uh, leads us to say that union with Christ, identity with Christ, our identity in Christ is a spiritual matter. It is a promise of Scripture, a promise of Christ, something we believe by faith, just as we believe in Christ for salvation by faith. Yeah, and, and I think the implication now, which leads us to our next point, is is that the identity with Christ is vital. Not only is spiritual, it's vital. This is life. <laughs> you know, this is, we've talked about who is Christ. Okay, now who is he to you? Yeah. And what's – okay, so we have the spiritual reality, so what difference does it make? And if you look at the passage, Jesus says, so I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him nor know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. All right, so here's the, the vital nature. I will not leave you orphans. I will come. To you now, that's he's going, but he's coming back. Now he identifies himself with the Holy Spirit. But what's this vital nature of our identity with Christ? Well, first of all, it's a living reality. Now, you know, we think of living in terms of physical living. Right. We just talked about the contrast there. We think in the terms flesh of flesh on our bones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, breathing, heart beating, but spiritual life is just as real, and uh, he dwells with you and shall be in you. This this is a living reality. We, I think we sometimes speak flippantly of, well, the Holy Spirit's in us, Jesus is in us, we ask Jesus into our heart. You know, we, we, 
instead of thinking how vitally important the real the living reality of the Holy Spirit indwell the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is for Christians, this is a vital reality because it's a living reality. But it's not just a living reality; it's an energizing reality. And verse 18 of that passage, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. In fact, he says later that um, without me you can do nothing. In other words, we do what we do as Christians, and we're going to go to passages like Galatians 2, where Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Okay, this is where this is coming from, this living reality, this energizing reality that we have in us, the Spirit of God, that gives us the spiritual energy to do what God has called us, commanded us to do. We're not left as orphans without help. We're not left to ourselves. When he says orphans, that's the idea that we're not left to ourselves. We're not left alone. The Spirit, I will come to you. Now we're seeing Jesus identifies his identity with the Godhead, with the Holy Spirit. Both are God, two persons in one Godhead. And so this reality, and we're going to see this later in coming podcast. When you live the Christian life, those of us listening, those listening, us, as we even talk about this, living the Christian life has to do with this union, this identity with Christ. It's not just, oh, I decided to turn over a new leaf. I believe in Jesus. Now I can go out there and do whatever for Jesus. No, there's a way and a reason why this is true, and it's an energizing reality. Then it is a necessary reality. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring all this out because I'm going to ask the question, now that we're moving into the necessity of it, of our identity with Christ and its vitality, the question comes to mind is, do you think we as Christians struggle suffering, which we know is promised, the hardships in life, or just the sin that continues we continue to wrestle with? Do we think we struggle with that because we don't? see this reality that you're talking about? I th- yes, I think that's true. I think we don't see it because we don't keep it before us. Hmm. And because it's it's a it's like a lot of things biblical and spiritual. We go there's so much that occupies our minds. Why that that we forget the things that matter as Christians. For instance, why would Paul say Set your affections on things above. Why would he say, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Um, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we have to consciously work to keep these things before us. If something is necessary. Now, we. (sighs) sorry for the little hesitation there, but I was thinking of, you know, I'm hungry right now. I feel right. that sense of hunger. It's about time for my midday mm-hmm. protein bar, you know. And uh, so I, what will I do? Well, when we're finished here, I'll grab something while I'm on my way to do something else. But I'll take care of that. This appetite should be part of what we are. And this appetite should move us to want to feed on these truths. We graze on these things, you know. We, the Word of God then is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Why? Because we, it is active in our lives by the work of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah, we forget them because we don't keep them in front of us. 
You know, it's interesting, almost a couple weeks ago now, Pastor Dave was preaching in a passage in Corinthians about this issue of Christ and who he is to us and what he means to us. And he asked a very good question. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to get it correctly because I'm not looking at my notes that I made. But he basically was saying, if you're not willing to deal with these things and wrestle with these things, then you have to ask yourself, are you a Christian? Right. If this is not vital to you, then you have to ask yourself, are you a Christian? Yeah. Uh, um, you and I were talking off the air, the old money ball question. Mm-hmm. If it don't matter, if it matters, why don't it matter? Right. And, and this is true of, of biblical truth of this, of our identity with Christ, of our union with Christ by the Holy Spirit, whom Christ has promised and the Father has sent to us. If this that matters. Why doesn't it matter? Well, and, and even further, that's in context of baseball when they're saying you know, he's a good hitter. Well, if he's a good hitter, why is he not hitting? Yeah. If he's a good hitter, <laughs> why don't he hit good? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have slumps, but but this is consistency here. You know, why why aren't you going after that? Which yeah. is yeah. If this is your identity, if yeah. this is real, why aren't you acting like it's real? Right. Living like it's real, and this is and so when it's, we say it's necessary reality, you know, he says you uh, in verse nineteen. Because I live, you will live also. In other words, our life is tied up. Our spiritual life is tied up. Our life in Christ is tied up in all this. So it's a vital matter. It's, you know, our identity with Christ is vital. And that moves us to the next thing, which I think really puts everything in perspective because we are finite we are not eternal however we serve an eternal god who because we know him will worship with him in eternity and so that idea is that your identity with christ is eternal though the flesh may die the spirit will spend eternity your soul will spend eternity with christ you know yeah the we think so much in terms of time oh absolutely so we know yeah. Well, it's not all we know, is it, though? Well, I'm talking about but from a purely human standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More naturally, yeah. yes. I know what you mean, yeah. And But it, as Christians, it isn't all we know. And this is the point that, I mean, what we know naturally is this time, this uh, temporal existence. What we know biblically by faith is eternal, and so this this eternal aspect of this is seen in the, the an eternal person. But we're back to where we started. The promise was what of a person who will affect this in us, and this is eternal because there's an eternal person if affecting us in it. The third person of the Godhead, and the Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot see, he dwells with you and will be in you. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you live also. There's a vital nature of that. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He will abide with you forever. So the Spirit of God is an ongoing reality to us, not just in this life, but forever. So there's an eternal person involved and an eternal promise. In verse 20, at that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. When I read that, when I thought about that passage, I was sort of meditating, thinking on it. I thought about what Paul said in, in Colossians 3. 
since you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That phrase sounds very much like this. Your life is hid with Christ in God. What did he say here in verse 20? I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. There's this union. There's this identity. There's this oneness with the Father and the Son affected by the Spirit. I think you also have to realize this is not a pie-in-the-sky reality. Um, it's not just for sermons. No, or a theological discussion, although this is very theological. <laughs> but I, I, the identity has to be real, and it has to be vital. And to see that, we have to understand the spiritual nature and the eternal nature of this reality. I thought about this this morning as I was getting started for the day, just read my Bible just a little, prayed a little, and I and I, I know my own failures and weaknesses. And I said, Lord, I've just been thinking on this. You, you sent, you promised this Holy Spirit, and you have said you would give us another helper. Jesus has promised us this helper. I need that helper today. Hmm. I need the Spirit of God. Uh, now, the, the questions that come up, if we have the Spirit of God, if we have these promises, why isn't this so? Why does this happen? Right. What about this? We're going to talk about those next time. Yeah. But the truth of it is right in front of us here in John chapter 14. Yeah, and to your point, we're just getting started right. on this issue. This is um, just, We're laying the foundation, like exactly. we like to do all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, Typically, yeah. if we're doing a, a multiple series – a subsequent series where we follow and build on each other. We want to lay the foundation, and that's what we're doing right now. So this is Christian Identity Part 1. I mean, this is really what it is. Right. Um, and we're going to build on that and hopefully give you a perspective that will be real for your life every day as you yes. walk with Him. Yep. Absolutely. So join us next week because we're going to continue to talk about it. Amen. All right. You have a great week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. <laughs>